1: Thanks for picking inside sports over the presidential debate. It's like that scene in The Simpsons when Reverend Lovejoy goes to the pulpit at the church. And all it is is the Flanders and one guy in the back. And it's Super Bowl Sunday and Reverend Lovejoy says, thanks for picking church over the Super Bowl. And the one guy at the back goes, oh, damn it, the game. And he runs out. That's what some people just did there. They're like, oh, the debate. Yo, like to have fun on this show. Hopefully, some of you find it entertaining. I don't know if I can be inter- inter- as entertaining as uh, Donald Trump on the average night. Now, he doesn't mean to be entertaining. Usually, if I if and if I win, occasionally yeah, I make somebody laugh. But see what I, you- I mean to do it.
2: You're entertaining Throw those headphones with a, on, KK. Yeah, You're enter- entertaining with a purpose. He's accidentally entertaining. There's a difference. Well, it's
1: still entertainment. Still a lot of people talking about him. Kevin Carrius is in studio from Global Television. Kevin. Kevin's
2: also entertaining <laughs> with a purpose as well.
0: Yeah. The only thing I heard is that you were on the same... Comparative to Donald Trump, so I'm not sure if... No, no, I wasn't comparing oh, myself to Donald I thought you Trump. Were, that's I was not
1: comparing myself oh. to Donald Trump in any way. No, 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 I'm not grabbing anything without permission.
0: <laughs> Trust me. Oh, boy. Well, I just, you know how you come into the conversation at the wrong Yeah,
1: because you just ran over mm-hmm. from the uh, global television studios. It's great to see you, old boy. What's going yeah, on?
0: Yeah, it's good to be back after a little bit of... Week, couple of weeks off, I guess it's been.
1: Now, we do want to tell people uh, I, again if you do want to choose the debate over Carius and me, you can go to 630CHED.com and you have it on global, right? Um, I don't know no, if we'd have it, know. Right have it on global. You don't even know. Don't you have it on global we just got I it online? Doubt it. No, I would be online. I don't think. No, they're don't, close yeah. enough. We can go to the CHED website. Yeah. I better check just to make sure what channel are you guys? There's too many 2-11. numbers. Well you guys have ET Canada on. Yeah, no. Well I'm surprised I, anybody listens I to don't Inside think Sports. There'll be nothing on
0: uh on a Canadian network you'd Yeah, you'd have to watch it on CNN.
1: Yeah, that's uh it's my my, my dad's become oh, I like I see my parents almost every day and my bat dad, my dad'll be like watching will be like, You won't believe what Trump is doing <laughs> It's
0: uh, and there's about two hundred million Americans that say the same thing every day
1: yeah, well, but the other 200 are going to vote for.
0: It. <laughs> well, exactly.
1: <laughs> uh, what's going on, buddy? You've been you've been busy.
0: Yeah, it's uh, been a busy couple of days. I wanted to, actually, I, I just got a couple calls today from some local golf courses. Uh, they're going to be open starting tomorrow. Lewis Estates and uh, uh, the Links of Spruce Grove are opening tomorrow oh, through good. the weekend, and then Miller Woods will be opening up Friday through Sunday. And uh, last kind of chance, I would bet, for some local golfers. Yeah, because
1: we thought we were done. Yep. And uh now it's getting a little warmer. What are we looking at for the I think it's about eight,
0: 8, 9, and 10 not kind bad. of
1: that range. Yeah, not bad. So It's bad. Eh? I don't listen to the weather on my own station. Yeah, zone out. We,
0: they say it 7,000 times a minute and you don't hear it. <laughs> <laughs> exactly.
1: Uh Yeah, I think golf's done for me. I'm too busy now. My last round was a, a decent one. I just mm-hmm. played down in Victoria about three weeks ago. Well,
0: go out and high. You want to go out and high.
1: Yeah, well, it was... uh it was a moderate high. <laughs> <laughs> if that makes any sense. Uh, we had Wally Bono on the show in the last half hour. Got a text here from Sam to 630, 630. He says, I read that, that interview is evidence why Wally Bono is a legend. He's not just a good coach, but an ambassador for the CFL. He gave a reasonable explanation for the questions. And uh, yes, uh, I mean, I asked him about the instant replay, and, and he thinks it's, it's, it's great. He understands mm-hmm. it's, it's evolving, and you always got to tweak it. And I asked him about the, the live mics, and he said, look, we got to connect with fans. We got to connect with young fans that are used to having everything at their, at their fingertips and, and getting everything in, in, a, in a split second. So, I mean, let, with the live mics... Nobody wanted to do it. Nobody. Nobody did. was thrilled about doing it. And I wish the Eskimos just would have done it. I do too. Or I wish the CFL would have said, okay, if the Eskimos aren't doing it, Montreal, you don't have to do it. But I mean, it would have been nice if the Eskimos just would have done it.
0: The whole live mic thing, I, I, you know, the, the games that I saw and listened to, I don't think the the fan gets a whole lot out of no,
1: it. No, I do agree with that. Yeah. It's, yes. not,
0: it's not like it's, wow, did you hear or see yeah. that? Yeah. But it is something different. And the CFL in almost every, I shouldn't say almost every market, in half the markets, the CFL is dying on the vine. And the CFL has to do absolutely everything to keep the league afloat. And franchises like the Eskimos have to be a part of that. They can't just say, well, we're the Edmonton Eskimos. We're not doing it. We have to look for the betterment of the league. And that's where the Eskimos look very, very poor in this regard?
1: Well, they got fined. They got punished for it. And uh, certainly Len Rose put out the apology. Mm-hmm. So if they, but, but you're you're right. And, the, and, I, and I had this debate with people on Twitter a little bit the day of the game. I didn't get too much into it because I, I was covering Oilers practice and half watching practice and half watching the Eskimos on my laptop. So I wasn't even aware of it until mm-hmm. about the third quarter that there was even anything going on. And so there, So issue one, and we've talked about this for a couple of weeks, we, we know the Eskimos should have done it. The other thing is, if they are trying to do things that are reaching people and reaching a new audience, was this effective? And I don't think it was, because hearing a quarterback go up to the line and saying, 65, Zulu, abracadabra, garbage, Tiger, Tiger, hut," that adds nothing to me to the game. I mean, I would prefer if they had people wear the mics, and they were recording everything, Mm -hmm. and then maybe they got something that was a gem. Maybe there's a PR guy from each team in the studio, and they say, okay, can we... This just happened. In three minutes, can we play it? That might be more interesting.
0: Or put it together like NFL Films does. And put, you know, for the week, you could have every team on and then have a half hour special on it just like NFL films. Well,
1: they have that it's, CFL in 30 where I think they have some of that.
0: Not as much, but like NFL films is like, oh. go back to what you know years ago with you know Steve Sable et cetera. That's a, uh, an area where you could go into. But as far as the Eskimos were concerned with it, I I was dis- very disappointed with how they handled it after even. The only good thing about this whole thing in my opinion was that the league came down with a ruling on Wednesday for something that happened on a Monday. Now, if the Eskimos are correct in saying that we discussed the proposition of not wearing mics days, weeks prior to the Montreal Alouette game, then the league is at fault as well. The league has to say, you have to wear these mics or you're going to get fined through the wazoo up to the maximum amount and you're going to get suspended and everything else.
1: Well, that's uh, that's that's another interesting point. Is that whether it's Jeffrey Orge's fault or not?
0: I don't the, think the CFL read. I I think the CFL felt that the Eskimos would never do, never not wear the mics. Right. I thought <laughs> that's my opinion. It's
1: like a game of chicken.
0: Yeah, exactly. So, and then I didn't like the way the Eskimos handled it uh, after. You know, with uh, no media availability. Uh, Ed Hervey went on another radio station for a 15 minute interview to discuss in town here was not made available to the rest of the media in Edmonton. Totally wrong. Um, then at practice on Tuesday, they come out and say, we will not be addressing this again. That's wrong. It's a community-owned team. They have to address things like this when they are so totally in the wrong.
1: Kevin Kerr is joining us inside on 630. Chad, it's, it's seven fourteen. 14 um, so you so you didn't like that they took two months to suspend Duron Carter early to the C F L Just say, you know what? If they waited any longer, he would have been released. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Almost. uh, Yeah, that's weird what's going on in Montreal. Uh, I mean, the the CFL debate is an interesting one, Kevin. I mean, you and I both love the league. Mm -hmm. You know that. I mean, I I make no secret of the fact that I've been in... This is my 20th season with Eskimo Seasons tickets. Yeah. Um, I mean, I don't cover the team on a daily basis, so I can still be a little bit more of a fan with them. Right. Um, Though I do, you know, interview players. D'Anthony Batiste is going to be on later. Um, it just interests me what's going to happen, because ever since I was four years old, I've been hearing that the CFL is dying. <laughs> it's still around, and it has its its ups and downs. Certainly, we know the prairie markets, and Saskatchewan in particular, um, keep it going. I, I, I just, again, Eskimos kerfuffle aside, I, I don't know if the live mics was the right idea. I mean, how, how do you connect you
0: have to with someone in a
1: 200-channel universe?
0: Everything. Absolutely everything. Don't leave any stone unturned. Who knows? Maybe this might have worked a little bit better had there been more cooperation from teams. We don't know. And then you look at what happened yesterday with now the Argonauts saying we're going to reduce the Yeah, we're just going to give away Grey Cup to $80 to $50 yeah. in that price range. I mean... It's, that's like bizarro world.
1: Well, they got to quit putting the game there.
0: Well, absolutely. Yeah.
1: I mean, I it mean, doesn't... It used to
0: be in Toronto and BC all the time, and now they should never have it in Toronto ever.
1: I said this before, Have to Regina every three or four years. Why not? Yeah. People will go. They're going to have a brand new stadium. We'll we'll see. I mean, I'm just interested to see where the, where the league goes. I mean, the TV ratings go up and down. They're still relatively good yeah, TV down. ratings. They're, they're down, they're down but they're still relatively up, good. A know. lot of shows would love to get what what yeah. a what a CFL game gets. Um, the, <laughs> this uh, this texture texter says, yeah, "You guys sound like you want to watch the debate." LOL. <laughs> <laughs> Well, if I wasn't working, I might be. I might watch at least a few minutes of it. Uh, this texter says your show is way more interesting than listening to a bunch of lying blanks. Keep up the good work. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, uh, this texter says the uh, the NHL is dying on the vine. Eleven thousand in Ottawa last night. Monday night football ratings are down twenty five percent. It's because people can't afford to go or pay for cable. Uh, well, these he's kind of combining two, two ideas there yeah. with uh, in-stadium in attendance and uh, and television viewership. Yeah, the, I mean, the, the NFL is having a bit of a... I, ha- I can't remember the latest numbers. The NFL is having a bit of a down year.
0: It is having a down year, for sure. Um, I see that one uh, text you're writing in about uh, Jason Moss being uncomfortable and uh, having anxiety. I don't know if I buy that. Yeah. Uh, you know, your quarterback came in Ten years ago, and you didn't have any anxiety when you led your team to go to the Grey Cup. You know, you can you can split this any way you want. Wally Buono did it. Other coaches did it. I just you know what? It could have been a one-off. You probably had well, without question, you had the easiest game of your of the schedule to do this. On you know, it's not like it was you were playing Calgary. And you had a tougher opponent. You were playing a team that is the worst team in the league, you know. So I, they should have done it. And I think uh, I think Len Rhodes regrets the fact that they didn't do it. Oh, for sure. I don't know. I don't think Ed Hervey regrets it. I don't think Jason Moss regrets it. Mike Riley's a non issue because the players don't have to wear the mic.
1: 718, Kevin Carius in studio here on Inside Sports. He's from Global Television. We'll talk a little Blue Jays, a little Oilers. If you want to call in, 780 496 0063.
0: You're listening to 630 TED Inside Sports with
2: Reed Wilkins.
1: For the Toronto to score again? 4 0 now. The Maple Leafs ringing up the Winnipeg Jets seven minutes into the second period. This is Winnipeg's last game before the Heritage Classic. On Sunday, the Oilers will host the St. Louis Blues tomorrow. Still ahead on Inside Sports, Kelly Rudy will make his weekly appearance. Women's WBC and WBA featherweight boxing champion. She defended those belts ten days ago in Paris. Jelena Morgenovic will join me in studio. and Anthony Batiste from uh, the Edmonton Eskimos offensive line. Uh, love having the on the yeah, show. Yeah,
0: he's a good guy. Did you get? Uh, did you hear with Jelena? She got a uh, free trip around the world. She made 57 stops. With uh, Air Canada before she got home. I didn't
1: know that. Oh yeah. Well, I was gonna find out what yeah. she did after we tweeted out about, every so. seven
0: seconds about. Yeah, you know, I said, I said, welcome home, Miss Air Canada.
1: I follow too many people on Twitter, <laughs> so I miss stuff. I'm too nice. I feel like I gotta follow people back. Daryl's on the line. Hey, Daryl, you're on with Kevin and Reed.
2: Reed, you don't follow me on Twitter. I can tell you
1: that. What's your handle? <laughs>
2: uh, I think it's DC underscore Euler.
1: Are you nice or are you mean to people?
2: Well, I have an opinion. I guess. Well, that's fine. (laughs) Mostly nice.
1: What's on your mind (laughs)
2: tonight? Say again, sorry? What's
1: on your mind tonight?
2: Uh, I didn't catch the first hour of the show, but um, I was going to ask about the Blue Jays. Like, you know, I'm not a, I enjoy the Blue Jays. I like to watch them, especially when they make the postseason or at least come down to crunch time at the end of the season. But like Cleveland's pitching was unbelievable for a team that had a couple starters or yeah, a couple starting pitchers out of the rotation. They did an unbelievable job matching Toronto. Like, it was a fun series to watch, even though it wasn't very high scoring. Like, the pitching was incredible, I thought, anyway.
0: It was. There's no question about it, Daryl. And the bullpen out of Cleveland did a fantastic job. And that's not to say that Toronto's bullpen wasn't very good either, because it was it was very solid uh, in the series. It's just the fact that Cleveland outplayed Toronto in almost every facet of the game just a little bit better. I don't think the Jays played that poorly in any of the games that they lost or won, but Cleveland almost played some perfect baseball, and uh, Terry Francona did a a masterful job of handling his staff at almost every uh, almost every part of the game, and no matter what, he mixed things up where the Jays didn't have the answer. And uh, you know, full full marks to Cleveland. I mean, they totally deserve to win this series four one.
1: Did you see yeah. the guy with the bleeding finger, Daryl Trevor Bauer? Yeah,
2: I, I did. Yeah, I, I saw that. I mean, I uh, I didn't catch it until the next day when they were talking about what happened to him with his drone or whatever else. Yeah. But, yeah. Uh,
0: I wish he the, would have uh, said he got got it caught in a meat grinder or something <laughs> making sausage.
2: <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, no kidding. Yeah, I was just prepping sausage for the boys pregame and. Uh, <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah. You know, we're the, making some uh, brats you know, for everybody. Because
2: you're, talk, you're talking about the the like, I think both teams played incredibly well. The difference was that the Jays bats were silent again, mm-hmm. and I think that was the biggest thing. I mean, like their pitching was one of the big reasons for it. Defensively, both teams were unbelievable. Like that. Uh, watching Coco a couple of games ago make that catch on two, on uh, Donaldson. Yep. And uh, you know, like a um, Donaldson yesterday in that snag that he made at shortstop. Like, I mean, they both played extremely well. Uh, but it was just, you know, it, it sounds like Cleveland's year. I'm not a I'm not a Cleveland fan, whether it be the Heat or the Indians. But like, looks like they're going to make a solid push for it anyway. But the biggest question then becomes, what do the G's do when it comes to their power hitters next year?
0: I think they probably could lose both, um, only because I think a lot of teams, most notably the Boston Red Sox, will give uh, a huge, huge offer to Encarnacion, and I think that maybe it's almost time in Bautista's mind that it's for him to leave Toronto, and if, depending on what, if Encarnacion signs first, I think that puts the domino effect in for Bautista, so I think you might... Sorry, go ahead.
2: Yeah, he's a bigger fish, eh? Like he's Encarnacion's a bigger fish, but I think he's got unfinished business in Toronto, and you know, if the Jays, unlike they were willing to do with Price, if they offer up a big contract like they've been talking about, um, you know, they, they've got the tools in place there to make it work. Uh, you know, I think short from another addition or two, and they're going to have to replace the right fielder with Bautista leaving because there's no way he's staying. Like, I would but, say 100%. Yeah, gone.
0: there's no yeah. way, though, that they can afford them both.
2: Daryl, thanks oh, for no calling, thing. buddy. Have a good one. Yeah, we got a Thanks.
1: break. Sorry about that, Darrell. But yeah, no, yeah, good call. It's gonna be, I mean, it's been a two-year peak here for the Blue Jays. They're close. So we'll see if they, they're close.
0: On the, uh, and most of the pitching should
1: be back, right? So we'll see. Uh, Yakchev says, uh, Reed, I'm doing both, watching the presidential debate and listening to your show. I know you can't match the USBS, and Hillary is wearing a very nice pantsuit, so expect your ratings to decline tonight. Well, Kevin Carey is wearing a nice <laughs> pantsuit as well.
0: Oh, yeah. <laughs>
2: Is inside sports with Reed Wilkins on Edmonton Sports Leader six thirty chat.
1: All right, is thanks a lot for tuning in tonight. We have uh, the Maple Leafs leading the Jets. Nazem Kadri with a couple goals. Nylander and Carrick have also scored, so four nothing. Uh, eight minutes left in the second period. There, the Rangers and Red Wings are tied 1-1. That's late in the second period. The Cubs up four nothing on the Dodgers in the top of the fourth, and the Blue Jays lost three nothing to Cleveland. So their series is over. Cleveland, all of a sudden, could they're four wins away from the big double?
0: Yeah. The well, the Browns could come back yet. It could be the trick. No, they no, they won't, <laughs>
1: Kevin. Let's not be silly. Could you imagine? <laughs> Oh. The Browns could come back. Jack Michaels hopes they do, but they yeah, they won't. Well, they could win too. Not a lot of cities win two in the same year. So the uh, the heartbreak city of Cleveland a chance to win the rare double in North trying to American think pro what's, sports. What's uh,
0: the last time, off the top of your head? It's got to be.
1: Uh, uh, you know what? It has been, been a Chicago? while. No. No, Chicago wasn't. What year are you thinking?
0: Uh well, let's see here. The
1: Bulls never won it along with no. any other team. The Rangers and Knicks were close in '94. Yeah, the Knicks lost. The uh, Knicks to lost in Game Seven to Houston. Oh, yeah. I should know this. I've I've looked this up. Um. Boy. Oh man, this is frustrating. Check this. Was it eight, was it '89 Giants and Niners
2: maybe? No, maybe, the A's won in '89. Maybe, but I was gonna say, did Boston with like the you know the Pats? Oh, did the Boston Mets, do yeah. it recently? Yeah, I think Red they did. Sox? I think yeah, they did. Or, but before
1: that, it had been a while.
2: Yeah because I want to say was it was like 20... 2004 but uh, who won the Super Bowl in 04? It wasn't uh, the Pats, was it? Yeah, yeah
1: I think it might
0: have been. 2004 the Red Sox came back from 3-0 to the Yankees and won the ALCS but
1: I'll type in North American Championships.
0: Maybe when if you want to count New Jersey in there, the Devils winning something and
1: No. <laughs> <laughs> we, we don't multiple major sports championships uh, Oh, 2009, Steelers and Penguins. There you go. 2004, Sox and Patriots. 2002, Lakers and Angels. Uh, that's borderline. So Steelers
0: in 2009.
1: Steelers and Penguins in 2009.
0: That's a legit one, too. Uh,
1: okay, now, I don't count this. 1989, 49ers and Athletics. Well, no, because San yeah. Francisco and Oakland are separate cities. Okay, 88. This would have been the one that I... Because even in 2000, they have Devils and Yankees, but I don't count there the Devils. Know, right? I, I don't count that. I, 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 this is not Wikipedia's list, Kevin. This is mine. Okay. 88, uh, 88 Lakers and Dodgers. There's a there's a good one. And that's same kind of... Yeah. But 2009,
0: that's a real legit one, too. Really, yes, true. Think, with
1: uh, Penguins winning. Uh, 1969. Oh, here's a good one. 1969 Jets and Mets. Jets and Mets, yes. Then they have a Canadian list here: nineteen eighty-seven Oilers and Eskimos, nineteen seventy-seven Canadians and Alouettes. Is that it for CFL and Stanley Cup in the same year? That might be in, it.
0: Eighteen sixty-five, the Leafs and Argos. <laughs> <laughs> Eighteen
1: sixty-five, the Grey Cup and the Challenge Cup. I think they were called the Toronto Arenas back then. Oh, here's a oh here's a good one. 1935, Lions, Red Wings, and Tigers. Is there is on that list? It wasn't the there, Super Bowl obviously. Is
0: there any uh, like just just by chance? Did the, did the Leafs and Argos ever win in the same year? It
1: doesn't say. No, I don't think they did. Boy. Well, I mean, since 1967, obviously it has. No, I just figured you didn't think know it would have happened it's some other because the, the Argos either. have won a whole bunch. Yeah. Uh, according to this site, yeah, the only time it has for Grey Cup and Stanley Cup in the same year, 77 and uh, and 87.
0: There's got to be some way back You'd in You'd the think there would have been... 40s and 50s when the Leafs won a few.
1: Well, I guess the Argos weren't winning then. There's well, a lot of Hamilton and Winnipeg in too. that year. Yeah. Too. They've All
0: been right. around a long time, So
1: Yeah, well, that's a, f- a fun little diversion there. We yeah. sort of did the lists you love doing, Holy Kevin Curious. But NBA, and, I mean, for Cleveland to do it, Jack Michaels was tweeting out, because he's, Jack Michaels grew up in Pennsylvania, but he, it was like an equidistance between Cleveland and Pittsburgh. Yeah. So he hates the Steelers, but likes the Browns. But you can kind of have, he kind of likes both baseball teams because they're in different leagues. So until... When he was a kid, they never would have played each other. Right, but Cleveland's been kicked in the you know where a lot. Oh, the, no The shot about it. by Michael Jordan, two heartbreaking losses in the AFC Championship. Have you game seen that documentary
0: 80s. with Cleveland losing all the close ones?
1: The is that a thirty for thirty? Thirty for thirty, uh, documentary. I think I saw part of it. I don't think I saw the whole thing
0: because it was kind of done when LeBron came back. All oh, right. So it's done before you know they won. Uh, in the NBA. But they did touch about all the Brown stuff and then a lot a lot of the Cavs, they had some good teams, but oh, yeah. just lost out at the very end and then obviously I think they even touched on the old Barons even in hockey.
1: Oh, <laughs> well I think didn't Cleveland's team win the American hockey league this year? I don't know. I think I think I I think they might have 7:39 inside sports on 6:30. Chat along with Kevin Carius from Global Television. I'm Reed Wilkins. You can text 6:30 6:30. The phone number is 780-496-0063. All right. So, uh, what do you want? Well, why don't we do some Oilers talk here? The the news today: Mark Fain is on injured reserve. Ben Betker has been called up. I expect he's just called up as a seventh defenseman. This is what this is what I think will happen. Betker comes up to be the seventh D in case of an emergency. Matthew Benning gets to play tomorrow in Winnipeg against the Manitoba Moose. Right. On. He stays in Winnipeg. He and Betker swap spots, then then Benning can be the seventh D you man or maybe it. even plays the outdoor game. Yeah,
0: you called it. I don't think he'll play the outdoor game, but he'll he'll be the, the seventh guy. Um how about Eric Greiman? You go from a PTO to yeah. not knowing what you're going to do to getting signed to trying to find a visa to get down to Bakersfield and then go, well, they're going to be playing in Winnipeg here, so i am probably just meet the team there, to not getting your visa straightened around, to then coming into the lineup and staying and now going out of the lineup for one game. And now he's going to be your sixth defenseman for could be a while here.
1: Yeah. Well, I mean, in Fane, I mean, where does he stand? I mean, obviously they...
0: If you're on IR, you got to. Well, I mean, now that he's on IR, for, but even
1: when he comes back, I mean, he's the, he's the seventh. I mean, but he wasn't seventh to begin. Con- if did. he doesn't
0: have that big contract, yeah, but he was a seventh a week ago.
1: Yes, right. So yeah, they wanted to get him in a game, and he plays right. two and a half minutes and exactly. Gets, and gets so hurt.
0: I mean, he, he could have had a heck of a rest of a game, and could have been the sixth guy for a long time too.
1: Yeah, I I understand, and I know a lot of people are like, well, send pull down, send pull RV down. You know, he's but. The the American Hockey League team had ten days between their last preseason game and the start of the season. They got polyarvi for a ten game audition. Now I know they sat him out last night, and Slepposhev did well. Mm-hmm. He, besides scoring, I thought he was really strong in on the forecheck and played with a lot of energy. They can afford to be a little bit patient with Pulleyarvi. Maybe they wind up sending him down, but but you know they don't think they, they need they need to rush him. You know, I mean there was no there was no point sending him down last week, and he practices four times in the AHL like big deal have them up here
0: let them they got to be patient but there's going to be a time in the next couple of weeks here where now you're going to have to make a decision is he going to go in insert but again who knows that you have in my mind two three four players right now that are all kind of mixed in the sense all right if you're not playing well for two games in a row or three games in a row you're going to come out like Tyler Pitlick is a good example. He's played well. Yes. So he's going to be staying in. But if he has three bad games in a row, then he's going to be coming out.
1: And what happens when Hendricks and Packer are in and are healthy? Well, now maybe there, other guys are hurt now, by that, unfortunately. And then you make but. the decision
0: with pooley right? Right. So at that point, so just be patient until those guys come back especially Hendricks, in my mind. Uh, Again, we don't know how long these guys are out for it.
1: Well, they're out weeks. It's the cones
0: of silence again.
1: Yeah, it is. and Drake Kajula we thought was day-to-day, and now Mm -hmm. he's out for for weeks as well. Now, when he comes back, then maybe Leon becomes a right winger or plays right winger a little more often.
0: And I think Kajula can even play the wing in the right circumstance too, though.
1: Yeah, more probably left side, but... But he could probably move around. And we've seen Lander play in the wing or and taking some faceoffs. I mean, it mm-hmm. kind of depends which side the faceoff is on for he and Latessieu taking draws. And that, the goal last night, Lander won that draw, and, and then Latestu kept the play alive from the wing only position. Only because Pitlick
0: fanned on his first
1: shot, right? And then Mark was like, "Hey, just take try again."
0: Just try again, yeah. <laughs> you know, Lander had quietly had a pretty good game last yes. night, and he has. There was a couple shifts there where he was out as a second faceoff man. Mm-hmm. And the Oilers actually ended up winning the draw, cleared the zone, Lander changed for Lucic on that line. Yep. Happened a, a couple of times.
1: Yeah, I I like that they do. I mean, that's and I, and I think unfortunately we we have to accept the ship has sailed on Lander's half a point per game pace under Todd Nelson. I mean, he caught lightning in a bottle on on a bad team. Let's let's face it, but and we thought, okay, great, there's the third line center. It doesn't look like that's going to be his trajectory. But if he becomes that fourth-line guy, and I don't know if you notice this, Kevin, the the win in Calgary, Anton Lander played nine and a half minutes. Four and a half of those were shorthanded. I mean, those are not glamorous shifts out there, but he did the job. But
0: And those are the guys you need, right? If you don't have guys that can plug into those holes where you have the tough minutes and, the like you say, the unheralded minutes, you're not going to win games, especially... When you're taking a lot of penalties, and the Oilers in a few of these games have taken too many penalties, last night wasn't the case, so you didn't see that. That uh, well, one guy's is play. taking a lot of penalties. <laughs> okay, <laughs> he bounced back too, though. No, he plays yeah, fine. He, you know, and that's that's what you want from your your pros,
1: right? He, your, just, he just he should have bounced back the game, the before. Buffalo game. Yeah. not <laughs> two games no. later. We're talking about Pouliot, of course. How I mean, it's interesting doing the post game show. Uh, I mean, this is my fourth year, so I've done a lot of doom and gloom. I've done some seasons where it was November 15th, and it was lights out on trying to make the playoffs. Um, you know, and then last year was Doesn't a little sounds- better because they had McDavid, and then they had yeah. the winning streak, so at least they were flirting with it for a while in December. Um so they're 3-1, and, and I'm always like, well, let's not... I know there are problems, but let's not critique victory too much. A lot of people have already made up their mind they're going to get beat by St. Louis again tomorrow. I don't know. We'll see. I know it's still a tough a tough matchup. Where are you with weighing the results of the game as opposed to the, the style points of the game?
0: The way things are in in my mind right now in today's NHL is that it's all results in the sense... Let's just take this first month, for example. The Oilers have nine games. Mm-hmm. Two of those games, if you were to look at the teams and handicap them and who's going to make the playoffs, there's only two games that are teams that you would say they're going to make the playoffs. Tomorrow's one of them. Washington's the other. Yes. If you were to say and look at all those other games, you'd say, well, okay, Calgary's probably not going to make the Bubble playoffs. team. Okay. Winnipeg. Team. Bubble team. Uh,
1: Vancouver picked to finish team. last, even there, though they're undefeated.
2: <laughs>
0: yeah. So you know that's going to even out too as well. When you when the Oilers get into October, there's an eight game stretch where they will play.
1: Third Through November.
0: From in, into November, there's eight games in a row where they will play. Again, if you looked at the teams again, every team of those that you look in that eight game stretch is a playoff team. Yes. So that in my mind, that that is when you will be able to tell exactly what this team is and what it can be
1: yeah good point point. and i i just hope it's an enjoyable journey i mean the eskimos this the last couple of years it's been an enjoyable journey just watching the game and even this year they, oh, they lose three in a row they win three in a row they lose three in a row. it's uh, maybe an enjoyable is not the right word but they've had some redemption and and you kind of don't know what's going to happen i mean hey it's going to be up and down for the oilers i i just I, I think they're better equipped to deal with the downs i'm not saying the downs aren't going to be there and the, about the schedule is, I mean, let's say you're Joe Oilers fan sitting at home, and you're convinced the Calgary Flames are the worst team in the league. Well, then the Oilers should go two and zero against them, regardless of how they do against St. Louis. And Lee's. that's
0: why when you look at, all right, it's only one game, and they are three and one. But just pretend, for argument's sake, that you have a good game and you come out fired up against Buffalo. Now you have a good game and win that. Now you're four and zero. And now you're kind of going, all right, we have a better feeling than, than what we should have had. Sure. There's no day off that's changed, etc., etc. you
1: know. 747, can you stick around to the top of the hour? Yeah, you betcha. Kevin Carrius from Global Television in studio. It's Inside Sports on Chet.
0: 630 Ched welcomes the Edmonton Fall Home Show at the Edmonton Expo Center on October 21st to 23rd. Find everything that you need to get started on that home renovation and decor you've always dreamed about. Stop by the Mojo Vignettes feature booth and enter the 630 Ched draw to win a $2,000 Mojo Kitchen Design consultation. You'll finally be able to tell that outdated and dreary kitchen, its days are numbered. The Edmonton Fall Home Show, starting on October 21st at the Expo Center. For more details, head to 630Ched.com.
2: This is J.C. Sheriff from your Edmonton Eskimos, and you're listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on 6:30 Chet.
1: All right, 7:51 Inside Sports on 6:30 Chet. Thanks for tuning in tonight, Kevin Karius in studio from Global Television. He will be joining us on uh, most Wednesdays. Off next Wednesday and that's the okay. Right? You going to take a little bit of a holiday. Yes. And when the Oilers play, we'll on a Wednesday, we'll decide whether we move it or skip a week, depending yeah, on schedules well, and availability. Exactly. Last week, we just skipped it because there was a lot going on well, with the home opener and all that yeah,
0: stuff. Yeah, well, I mean, Wednesday was a busy day, right? You guys were on the... Yeah, and then six.
1: I was, like, super busy just Tuesday and Thursday with yeah. all the other stuff going on. So I said, Kevin. I'm out. Don't make the five-minute drive over here. We
0: actually did our a lot of our show from uh, Rogers on the Wednesday. Oh, I, nice. I was in the uh, Hall of Fame room. For a couple hours doing hits throughout our 5 and 6 o'clock. So, uh, you know what, That's uh, that, I think that's the best thing going, and one of the best things of that whole rink. When, when you walk down 104th and you can go to the Gretzky statue and just kind of peek your eyes into there, they'll be cleaning that window Ten times a day, yeah, because people just be pushing their noses up against it to to have a gander inside of there.
1: Yeah, that's neat having the uh, coaches' uh, news conference, yeah. and they do it on practice days, so mm-hmm. you can be walking by there around noon on a weekday, and you'll see Todd McClellan and.
0: Now they had said they were pumping the audio outside as well, and I saw some speakers underneath there on the, you know, the walkway on 104th there. So I, I I'm you,
1: not even sure. Yeah, I've yeah. I've thought that, I mean, I'm in there. I've been in there. And yeah,
0: I'm, you wouldn't. You'd have to be outside to hear it, I guess. So. Yeah. And I don't know if they they'd probably just do it for games for Todd. So I haven't
1: heard. Yeah, I don't know if they would do it after practices or not. Yeah, but uh, yeah, I mean he speaks in there pretty much all the time. So no, it's cool. I I I mean I'm a I'm a big fan of the new rink. Oh. And, and you know my parents went last night. Mm-hmm. I got them tickets on StubHub, and uh, my parent I don't know how old they are like eighty or ninety. <laughs> and <laughs> no, they, but they were just a, a they were thrilled just to be out of the house. Yeah. But uh, <laughs> but, but no, they 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 were they were absolutely. They, they were just thrilled to be there. They were high up, mm-hmm. three from the top. They were like, yeah, it's a little steep, but they, they liked the sight lines. They liked the concourses. They liked the number of washrooms. They liked downtown feeling a little busier. So I was, I was glad.
0: I haven't heard anything negative about since the Keith Urban concert, basically. Did you go to that? No.
1: <laughs> well, I, I don't would have went if I had tickets.
0: I would have, if I would have had tickets, I would have went to that. It would have been a good concert.
1: Uh, yeah, sure. Uh, Ken in Fort Saskatchewan. What's your take on Talbot? He said one good game so far. Word that he is down way too much. Uh, I think he's been. Bob put it best. He sometimes he's a little too busy in net. He was solid last night. When he when he or any other goalies look like they're just swallowing the puck up, and it looks like every shot hits them in the logo, that's when they're dialed in because they're in good position. They're getting out. They're cutting down the angle. They're reading the play.
0: First, The, the first chance from last night's a good example of what you're talking about. Uh, it was about 45 seconds in, so Jordan Stahl comes in. And he makes a save. Yeah. But he's kind of sliding across too far. And then it's just like, basically, it's, uh, what is it, Phil uh, DiGiuseppe? He's kind of oh, yeah. got a little bit of the side of the net, hits the post. Yeah. Okay, so... Again, just being more quiet. I'd like to know exactly what uh, Dustin Schwartz works w- with him on normal days and off days. Well, and I think and they work a lot like on that. keeping their head still, right? Because it's
1: like wherever your head goes, your body goes, and all mm-hmm. that kind of stuff. Um, I, I, I actually thought he had a good game in Calgary, the second game of the year. I mean, 24 shots oh. in the first period. You stop 20. And a lot of the guys said, I mean, that yeah, that game's a train wreck, if yeah. not for Talbot. So, well, so
0: you, you think about it, he's responsible for two of the wins so far.
1: Yeah, a big, big part of it. And you you need your goalie to be a big part of it.
0: So I think with everything that's happened
1: to him today... He did become a dad with twins today, if you missed it earlier. um, You know, now
0: he's got a little more or less off his mind. Obviously, you know, you got two little kids now, and you're going to be pretty busy with a lot of things. But I think now his head'll be a little bit more clear and now he just has to worry about being a dad never mind trying to get to that final stage.
1: Is he down too much? I mean every goal he's taken away the bottom of the net. Cam Ward last night, he's going down on all three goals. Now Stuppers have a lower shot. Everly's a funny one, yeah. but it still wound up going up and over his pad and then Pitlick, I mean Ward's dropping to the ice and it goes it goes up. I mean they're they're playing the odds and yeah. they're playing, if he goes high, he has to make a perfect shot to beat me. So that's how they look at it.
0: And uh, you're right. I mean, all the goalies basically, I think, are taught basically to just make sure you got the bottom covered and close your five-hole, keep your stick sure. there. I mean, because guys are just, they're not trying to score there. They're not you re- guys don't have 100% time, all the time to look and say, oh, his stick's up, I'm going to go through five-hole. They're just putting it there, you know, so...
1: No, I, I actually have a lot of faith in Talbot. Oh, I mean, no. he's a bit of a slow starter. Yeah, there she is, Jelena Vergenovich, standing by. Miss
0: Hair Canada. <laughs>
1: she looks upset with you for some well, reason.
0: Well, I've been greasing her about being Miss Hair Canada, so.
1: Oh, <laughs> well, you're a bit of a greasy guy. Yeah. Kevin, thank you for coming All right, in. have a good couple weeks, Rito. That is Kevin Karius from Global Television. It's Inside Sports on 6.30, Chet. A lot to come. I mentioned Jelena Marjanovic, world boxing champion. She'll be in studio. Kelly Rudy will join us. He played a game outside in Las Vegas. Yeah. 1991. And DeAnthony Batiste, well-spoken young man from the Edmonton Eskimos. All ahead, Inside Sports on Chet.